Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, are we ready for some tech gumbo today? Absolutely. Let's start off on some news and updates. Apparently, the FCC has finally done something. They're shutting down Global UC, which is a telephone company that had a whole lot of robocalling going through them, and they were told to stop, and they didn't, so they're being shut down. I am glad the FCC is backing up their bark with some bite, but I'm skeptical that this is the thing which is going to end the robocalls. I know that there were, I think it was close to eight companies who were on this list back over the summer who were given the or else. And it looks like seven of them complied and this this global UC didn't. So whenever we were talking about this, it does appear that uh, robocalls have gone down. I, I wouldn't say that I, I get less of them today than I did, but it's not going to get zero. I definitely still get two, three, four a week. So what the FCC did was they decertified global UC's ability to receive call authentication. So basically... All the other telephone companies in the United States can no longer accept a call coming from Global UC. Yeah, that's really big. Basically, you are isolating them, and until they fix their stuff, or they might just be permanently have their plug pulled. I'm not quite sure based upon the article here. They they are backing up their, their effort here. They're saying, look, we are serious about this. We have this mandate. It is taking years to get it in place, but we intend to enforce it. The question is, is that enforcement going to actually make a difference? If it's nothing else, it's a first step. And I'm, I applaud them for making an effort. Yes, I want to see it backed up. I want to see more of what they're doing and continue to put their, their foot down. Good on them for taking this. It's action. It's, it's not just platitudes. It's not just words. This is action. I agree. It is action. Next thing we wanted to talk about, we came across a story that's really, really disappointing. The headline basically says that children are the product, that 96% of all the apps that are out there 
for kids are just selling that information back to Google. And it's important to note that these aren't just general apps. These are apps that are recommended or even required of students by their schools. And so it's not just they're going into the app store and pressing download at random. These are apps that have been selected for students, designed for students, and they're still selling student data. So when the whole COVID-19 pandemic started shutting schools down and, and you had to go do all your homework from school from home and everything, we're going to start using these apps and those apps and you know we're going to do all everything via apps on iPhones and Androids and, and tablets and, and oh, by the way... Thank you for using all of those apps. Now we can go make a boatload of money by selling all of your kids' activities data to Google. Right. And these are apps that things like changes to busing schedules, potential snow days, apps that make it easier for students to send photos to the yearbook, apps that allow students to log into attendance virtually. These run the gamut of all the different possible apps that your school could recommend. And... Apps are just web pages with tracking built into them. That's what this is here. These are just prepackaged trackers, and it really is, it's probably illegal in a lot of cases because if it's recommended to students, I'm guessing some portion of them are going to be under the age of 13, and that is expressly illegal. But the problem is there are so many of these apps. There were 1,700 surveyed just from this one article alone. And so, Whenever you just have all of this deluge, it's impossible to go through and just wipe them all out because more pop up behind them. And, oh, by the way, those apps were all free because the schools required them. And as we've said way too many times, when you're not paying for it on the Internet, you're the product. Here we go. Once again, this is how the Internet works. Anything that you do is being tracked and you things that you don't even realize are being tracked are being tracked and they are being sold to the highest bidder. And this is the way that the Internet works. Speaking of the way the Internet works, the next story we wanted to get into was TikTok and how lawmakers on both sides of the political aisle have filed legislation to ban TikTok in the United States. This is interesting because we've seen a lot of people start to warm up and take their shots at TikTok recently. We've seen it come from government agencies. We've seen the state of Indiana. This is now both senators and representatives from both political parties are sponsoring bills that would allow the U.S. government to cease TikTok's function in the U.S., and, oh, by the way, it has a real clever name. Senator Marco Rubio filed his bill, the Averting the National Threat of Internet Surveillance, Oppressive Censorship and Influence, and Algorithmic Learning by the Chinese Communist Party, or the Antisocial CCP Act. Yep, got the antisocial in there. I wonder how they come up with all these names. Do they have a algorithm that does it they just have people whose jobs it is to sit around and think of these words either way this is a very large push that they're making here it's unlikely that they get enough votes to actually pass it but either way i i don't think that their goal is to actually get the ban 
I think that they're more trying to to bluff here. So the fact that TikTok, which is owned by the Chinese parent company ByteDance, has said, oh, we don't do that. We don't sell all of our information to the... No, you don't sell your information to the Chinese government. You just give it to them because they're the Chinese government. And your headquarters are in mainland China. Therefore, anything China wants, anything the Chinese government wants, the Chinese government's going to get when it's in China. So... We know what are the solutions that they are leveraging for, if not the outright ban. Interestingly, one of them is actually an idea that former President Trump suggested. Of all the things that came out of his mouth, this one was plausible. And it's that the ByteDance creates a U.S. division that they sever off and, and the English speaking or, or some branch and have its that is owned by a, a U.S. company, and that company will function under U.S. laws and have to report to the U.S. government. And so, you know, maybe Microsoft buys it, maybe some other tech giant buys it. If you remember, Microsoft and Oracle and several other big companies all got into a bidding war trying to buy that, that U.S.-based rights. And they just, they bite dance it. we'll just create our own U.S. Div division. But that's that's the problem is right now it's still under the total umbrella that it's possible that with this bill, these legislators are looking to really sever the link between the two and truly create a different entity that is wholly owned, that is not a subsidiary, that would be free from the burdens of the Communist Party. And to take it one step further, 15 of states – here in the United States, 15 of the attorneys general have filed or, or they're demanding that they're demanding that Apple and Google and their their app, app stores label TikTok as for mature audiences, not for teens or for young kids so that kids, people under 18 should not be looking at or, or watching TikTok videos. I was on board with the first uh, uh, story we talked about. You had my attention, at least. This one does feel like it's uh, too far to me because, one, TikTok is known for aggressively censoring. That there's a whole subculture that's developed inside the app wherever people have to be creative in order to get around the aggressive censorship that TikTok is known for. And so it already feels like you're kind of missing the point here. But secondly, we don't yet have four apps, a government governing body which assigns ratings. So for movies, you have the MPAA, which assigns PG, PG-13, R, etc., for video games, you have the ESRB, which assigns E10 or ET, etc. We don't yet have that for apps, and maybe we need one, and one should be created. But this isn't really the way to go about doing that. This feels more like grandstanding than anything else. Yeah, I don't think we need to have one third of the state attorneys general trying to to make that kind of regulation. There are seven states that want to ban TikTok from state phones. If, and I'm okay with that. If you don't want your, your state-owned phones, the, the state employees using watching TikTok videos on a state phone, 
okay, I'm good there. But don't tell me you're going to regulate whether or not the phone should have a mature label or a teen label or something like that. Because it's also going to get incredibly arbitrary because Instagram is going to have most of the same content. Are you pushing to have Instagram get the same label? What about Facebook? What about YouTube? Are you really going to tell me that the things that you can find on one are that different than the things you can find on the other? Because I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Maybe you don't see the exact same videos, but it's all the same type of videos. And so, you know, this this one feels much more like a, a hit piece that they're just, we're going to do something against the TikToks, as yeah. opposed to more of a, a planned and, and rational bill here. But, you know, we call the time to do something. But, I, you know, at some point in time, do something smart do something with an end goal in mind but do something at the federal level do something so that congress gets involved not 15 people who are trying to seek a higher office in their state don't tell me that you're looking you're 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 going after that chinese owned company because you're the attorney general in in some state that no you 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 don't get to make that rule across the entire United States. You're the attorney general for that state. Well, that's that's why they wrote a letter to Apple and to Google saying, please make this change. But Apple and Google could, could shrug their shoulders and they're under no obligation to label their apps in their app store or anything. We have no sort of federal framework or, you know, if you and your state wanted to say, here, we're going to lay out guidelines for here's what the ratings for an app has to look like in my state. Now, all of a sudden, I'm on board. If Louisiana wants to come out and say, if on an app you can see these types of content discussions, it gets an M. If you see this, it gets a T, et cetera. That's something that a state attorney general and a state legislator and a state governor could work together to actually produce meaningful regulation, meaningful information in the hands of parents so that they can make more informed choices about what their kids are viewing on their apps. But this isn't actually an effort to do that. This is just people who are, as you said, trying to seek higher office. So as always, we'll keep looking out and watching what's going on with the TikTok world and and report back as we see more activity. Another big interesting story I want to talk about here is the FTC is officially suing to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So this is a deal which began, I think, all the way back last year when it was first announced. And so this is a a massive deal which has been announced that Microsoft is intending to acquire this game-making juggernaut to roll it into their Microsoft Xbox Pass. And the FTC is worried about monopolies. They're worried about antitrust. And so they are currently suing to block this. So Microsoft said last January they were they offered $68.7 billion to buy Activision Blizzard and all of the video games that Activision Blizzard has ever made. And, oh, by the way... There's a couple of really, really, really popular games that Activision Blizzard has made that also plays very well on the PlayStation, owned by Sony, not owned by Microsoft Xbox. 
And so everybody's got all up in arms over Call of Duty and will we still be able to play Call of Duty on the PlayStation? And Microsoft came out and said, yeah, we're, we're not trying to shut anybody out. Here, here's a 10-year commitment to where we'll still have Call of Duty available on every platform that anybody wants to ever use it on. Yeah, they've even said, we'll put it on the Switch. And people are saying, Nintendo doesn't normally like shooters on, you know, the, the Call of Duty on their platform. But really, this one feels like a case of the do-somethings for me. That this is the FTC has just been told, you got to do something, you got to do something. You have all this antitrust movement, all this anti-big tech momentum, you know, go out and really make a splash. But of all of the swings you could have taken, Microsoft really feels like they're in the best position here because they have in their track record prior to this Activision Blizzard deal, as we have talked about, specifically stated that being platform agnostic is their goal. They want to put their software everywhere. And so and they they continue to commit to that inside of this movement it's going to be really easy for them to say, we want no part in a monopoly. We're trying to push this everywhere. We're trying to get this into everyone's hands. And it's going to be a really tough case for the FTC to make. So the chair of the FTC, Ms. Lena Khan, was brought in to put some muscle into the FTC to, to go after these antitrust Go after these monopolies and and stop that practice. And you get out there and show them, you know, we're the federal government and we're in charge here. And and like you said, there's a lot of other opportunities that they could have gone after and just hit home runs instead of going up and trying to face a team that's got better pitching than you have hitting and and all of the proactive things that Microsoft has done to get way out in front of this potential lawsuit is just it, she Microsoft has cut the legs out of the FTC's argument and and there's just nothing that's going to stop this because there's there's tons of court cases that are already out there where the 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 FTC has lost and they were much better cases against the companies that they were trying to sue and lost. And then here you got Microsoft that says, look, we want our software on Google equipment, on Apple equipment, on Linux equipment. We want people to, we want to make money selling software. That's all we want to do. We don't care who you are, where you are, or what you're using. We're just trying to make money selling software. How is that going to win the FTC case? It really you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, a lot of the potential places we could have gone. You could have gone after Apple and their app store and the way that they force the transactions through their pipeline. There's just a number of other opportunities that were on the table because you've had a bunch of hearings in the Senate and in the House over the past couple of years that you could have looked at Facebook with their buying of Instagram and their buying of WhatsApp and that they were trying to force a monopoly in that way. You could have looked at Act Time Warner and AT&T's merger, but this is really feels like you, you jumped a little too soon and it's not great because we do need effective antitrust legislation. 
there are some mergers that don't need to happen that are bad for us as consumers, but you're going to have a really tough time making the case that this is the one. Oh, completely agree. Uh, I, I, I think I just don't see how, and we're not lawyers. We don't play lawyers on the radio. There's just no way this loses. Microsoft is, they've, they've done too much good, too much upfront goodwill. This is going to go through. I agree. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.